Welcome to The New Exchange, a podcast series that explores how everyone has a story to tell. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and man, I cannot wait to share this episode with you. I have to say, editing this one was a wild experience for me. For transparency, the way this podcast works is that the seasons I record are usually months in advance and come out much later. Yet when I heard the words I shared with today's guest, it was almost as though my past self was talking to my present self. What do I mean by that? Well, for that, I need to introduce you to today's guest, the unbelievably talented Sam Henshaw. Sam is a singer and producer from London that's unabashedly elevating R&B to new heights. But the most striking thing about his music is how he's going about that. It's not in following trends, actually it's the exact opposite. His debut album, Untidy Soul, presents a clear student of the old school, not just of R&B, but also of soul and gospel. Musically, Sam's album rests so nicely on the ears, with Sam's throwback sound feeling strikingly modern as the album progresses, especially with the addition of features from Maverick Sabre and Toby Nwigwe. Lyrically, Sam embraces the fact that we're all a little fucked up, that there's a beauty in viewing life in a messy way as opposed to positive and negative, and that at the end of the day, all that matters is if we try to have a better day than the previous. It's that very aspect of the album that we focus on, along with how Sam achieved a newfound sense of creative freedom to speak his truth. Before we get into the episode, I should mention that Sam will be touring the States this summer with a show right here in Brooklyn at Music Hall of Williamsburg on June 13th. Be sure to visit samhenshaw.com for more tour dates. Also, this would be a good time to remind you that there's an official New Exchange playlist over at Spotify. Each time we have a musical guest, I'll add a song of theirs to the playlist so you can check out the wide range of diverse talent that have been part of this series. I'll include a link to the playlist to the description of this episode so you can check it out. This is The New Exchange with Sam Henshaw. Enjoy. I'm going to bring up the significance of this statement um, later on in the interview, but I did want to start out by saying that Untidy Soul sounds like an album made by a free man. Uh, 10,000%. You are not wrong, sir. You are not wrong <laughs> at all. You are not wrong. I love when I could say something and that it, it, gen- like it innately speaks to someone. So that's beautiful, yeah? Uh, someone said that to me funnily enough we, when we were on tour the other day I got a chance to like meet a couple of the people that came to the show and um, this young this young man came up to me and, and said pretty much said the same thing I was like that's really cool that people can hear that and and yeah so that's dope thank you man yeah honestly man and you know a lot of this album harkens to your upbringing of living in a house full of gospel music largely due to your parents and I'm sure loads of people have read about your father was a reverend and learning about that led me to wonder what is a lesson he taught you that has stuck with you throughout your life? And it doesn't have to be in relation to even music or religion, but just in general, because I I have found for me, as I've gotten older, there's loads of things my dad taught me, told me when I was like, you know, seven or maybe even like 13. And now in my thirties, I'm only really starting to understand it. You know? Yeah. There was one statement that my dad always said to me when I was younger when I was like in school and and everything and he basically just always said be the best Mm. and I didn't understand it I I for the longest time always thought he meant like 
in comparison to others. He's like, be better than everyone else. And the older I've gotten, I've only now realized that he just meant be the best version of yourself. Like, be better than who you were yesterday or like the day before that um, or last week. And it was just, yeah, he was always, I think he was just always encouraging me to grow and always encouraging me to like progress. And yeah, that's, that's one thing that I think I've, I've taken away from um, him when I was younger. Definitely. There's like a million other things, but um, I think that's one thing that I remember that he said to me, that stuck with me. Do you know what I think is so starkly profound about that? And it sounds almost kind of like a, like a stark thing to say, but I feel like it's something I notice more and more. But like, if you think about everyday life, you're not really mm. encouraged to do that, or at least you're not very much encouraged to be better than you were the day before. Like there's yeah. a lot of places where you could just be the same if you wanted to. Yeah. And his thing was never about like, again, it was never about competing with other people. And it wasn't even really about like competing with yourself, but it was just a matter of if you're going to do something, do it to the best of your ability. So give a hundred percent to it. And that was, that was also the other thing I sort of took away from that, but it was also just like, 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 like we said, it was like, yeah, it was such a cool thing to be told. Um, the more I look back at it now. Another big thing that stood out to me when I was reading up about how this album came to be was you learning about the sound of studio albums after having been raised on largely gospel albums. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Little things like that people never think about, but can you talk to me a bit about what it was like for you to navigate the studio for Untidy Soul with that context in mind? Yeah, man. Um, it's weird because it wasn't something that I noticed again until like I was a little older. Uh, I really was just raised on like live albums. Um, I was used to hearing crowds scream, like, and it's probably why I prefer live albums to this day. Like I have a real soft spot for live albums. I listen to Beyonce's Homecoming at least three or four times a year. Like, I just have to, because it's just sick. I love hearing a crowd, do you know what I mean? And I think it's, um, to me, it's just, I don't know. I, yeah, I only realized more recently how, how much like it, it played a big part in in my life and then obviously when I talk to like my, my friends and, and a lot of my boys that we grew up um pretty much together and we grew up the same way we all relate on that front it was like wow like studio albums aren't really that normal to us you know we grew up listening to live arrangements we grew up listening to like you, you just hearing things that you wouldn't you know that the whole feel like um studio albums really it kind of hold back on a lot of stuff. That's not the word I'm looking for, but I guess it's the best way to kind of say it um, for now. But they, they, they really like hold back on, on um, what they can and what they would, what they almost should do, I think. And we, we weren't used to that. So working on a studio album, I kind of had to learn to sort of hold back on a lot of stuff. There were things that I really wanted to go full on. like, And I think some people are, are doing it a bit more now, which I think is really cool, where they're, they're allowing room for like the music to really be showcased and to, and to yeah, allow people to kind of see the musicality in, in those things. But yeah, I kind of, uh, I remember my, my, um, my producer, Josh Grant, I would want to go ham on like bass lines and stuff like that. I would, you know, we had, um, our guy Dana Fisher that is an incredible bassist playing 
throughout most of the album. And I remember we'd sit in the room and I'd be like, yo, go crazy. Just like do, a, just do whatever. And I love that freedom of like musicians. I love musicians being able to be f- free. But, you know, working with Josh, it also taught me that, the idea of like restraint and being able to hold back and being able to just be like, look, there can be all, there can be stuff there, but you do want to allow room for the song and you do want to allow room to like hear certain moments and to feel certain moments. And so it was, it was definitely different and weird. And, and I re- and again, I realized working on the album, why I was so into all that sort of stuff. And it was because I wasn't used to actually just a normal studio album i kind of found them sort of boring actually to a degree um so i wanted to be able to like play around with stuff a bit and it's it's i think it's worth saying for like anyone who's listening and they're unaware of the context it's like when you're in a studio you have to record things so segmented and if you think about it you know it's 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 taken me a a kind of um, a lot of years to realize what you're essentially doing in a studio but you're essentially forming a puzzle in real time because the yeah. levels everything have to line up like the tonality of everything and it's like yeah. it's like you're saying you have to play restraint so everything fits everything else and it just runs yes. so counter to your mind like 100 and like when you think about a lot of the albums that they used to make back in the day you know if, if it was like a james brown album or, or i don't know like a Aretha franklin or marvin Gaye or whatever like it was basically live and it was you were even if there was a take that was like the perfect take you still hear all of these elements of those versions that are there's there's certain things like i don't know i think there was like a marvin gay or like a um or a james brown song i can't remember for the life of me which one it was but like you can hear something as simple if you listen carefully there's like a squeak in the foot pedal when the yeah. kick when the um, drums kick in and stuff like that to me is just like it's like wow can imagine what it was like to be in that room because it was happening in like, it's almost like a, a time capsule. Do you know what I mean? Where it's that moment is more than just the music that came out of it. It's that was an actual live experience that people were, you know, living. I can't even explain it, but like it was, I can just picture in my head. It was just, you hear that and you see more than just someone sitting in a room with a laptop, maybe working on it on their own, you know, yeah. It was like a, it was a moment. And um, I think, yeah, I just think those sort of things are so, so incredible. Um, Sam Cooke has an amazing live album that's just like that. Yes. What I, yeah. What I love about that album is even during some of the songs, you could, you know, like when you're at a show and people are talking, it's like you could hear it on that yes. album. People in the background. I love, I love all <laughs> of that crap, man. It's like the coolest thing to me that I don't like things being, and I guess that's probably the whole point of Untidy Souls. I don't like things being too perfect because I don't, because that's not real. It's not the reality of anything. It's, it's a, you know, some things or most things in life are, I want to, I want to hear the imperfections in, in like a vocalist's voice. I want to hear some mistakes. Have you ever like listened to a joint where a mistake's been made and that mistake is now a part of that song for you? It's like embedded, it's embedded in your mind now, that moment. And it doesn't make it bad or good. It's just a moment that you're now, familiar with because it's happened but it just adds this reality to it and i think it's i, I yeah i can talk it for hours about it but yeah it's yeah. dope before i start asking about your own songs can you share with me the significance of um the rebirth of kirk franklin like what that had on your list <sighs> i knew i knew for some reason that was gonna come up <laughs> yeah bro, 
everything I'm saying to you right now and how sort of excited and passionate I'm getting about it is basically based off of like that album. That is that is the like album that I have the most fondest memories of. Because even I was telling my boy this the other day, it 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 works its way down to things as simple as like me putting horns on um on some on some if not most of my songs. I remember I remember making broke based off of the horn section on I Never Knew. Mm. Or Brighter Day, sorry, um, is the name of the song. Um, that section where it's like, um, they break it down and he's like, oh, like moments like that are pretty much the reason I, I kind of would say I make music because I... I just, I don't know, man. There was just something about that album that just blew me away and still does to this day. It's a timeless album. But the musicality in it and, and again, the live crowd and, and just the feet, the songs, obviously, as well. But, I, yeah, I really am struggling to put it into words. I know how I feel. Yeah. I'm really struggling to put it into words. But it's, it's the significance of that album for me is... is gigantic it's it's one of the it's one of the reasons i probably make music because i was going to say in the context of your own life i think what's very telling is that to experience that at a young age and have your life progress the way it has even if there wasn't like the aim you you could you could kind of say you took that um vision of what an album could be what a performer could be and it was like seeing it as a tangible thing allows you to envision yourself as well like yes 100 percent. like and it was what i also thought was really dope about it as well is it was creative it was like a really it was a creative story essentially like the album starts off telling like a bit of the story of Kirk frank it's like his origin almost it's like telling the story of, of how he became who he is and then you and it like that still trips me out a little bit you know like he made he makes like this sort of audio visual at the beginning and then you're suddenly at like a live concert it's it's like yeah i just i i can't i can't um explain it but it's it was just such a um yeah it was just a really big part of of my and especially to hear it at the age i mean i probably first heard that thing when i was like six seven maybe a little older I can't really, excuse me, I can't really tell you, but like I was really up and the impact that that album's had on me, like, I, and I'm saying that based off of someone that's also not even listened to that album fully in the past, like maybe three years. Yeah. So like the impact of that album is still huge for me. It's like, I still remember that album to this day. I can still, you know, it's it's like albums like The Miseducation, like there's just... They just kind of, they just live in you. You just know yeah. about those albums. You know what songs sit on those albums. You know, just little, it's, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I want to start asking you about your music, um, starting with Grow. And, you know, I think mm. that's a song that I, encapsulates so much of what we hear on the album, what we've been talking about, because tonally, there are bits of jazz and R&B and soul, which all blends really nicely. And how did crafting this song inform how you preach the other songs in the album because i feel like this one was maybe like a bit of like a guiding light in a way was that the case so i can't tell you what the first i can't remember for the life of me what the sort of first song from this album 
was that we made I actually can't remember because technically we were working on a different album I guess at the time with some of these songs on it yeah but I do remember making grow thinking this is sick but feeling like so much was missing from it so kind of shelving it for a minute and we didn't touch that song for maybe like maybe like a year and a bit my set my my um my sense of time though is is awful so it could have this all could have just happened in the same year i don't know but like i i I just remember not touching that touching that song for a minute and then going to some people and being like listen to this what do you think i remember the second verse i didn't like the second verse we had written one we had basically written the chorus we'd written the first verse the chorus second verse and then the song kind of ended because i wasn't like keen on bridges i feel like middle eights are it's like hit and miss with them and i just i was like nah I, i don't want one for this song and then but then for some reason, the song never sat like, it never felt like I was done with it. It never felt right. But if, you know, when you see the potential of something and you're like, this could be amazing, but something is missing. And so I left it for a while, showed some friends. Um, they tried to help me contribute to it and that wasn't working. So then I think maybe like towards the end of 2019, I was at home. I went on my, I just went back to the song again for some reason. I can't even remember why I did, but I went back to the song. I was like desperate to complete it. And I was like, okay, no, that feels, that feels right. And then started playing like the chords to the bridge and then came up with a melody. And then I was like, all right, I think I'm onto something here. Took it to um, a studio with Josh and, and a bunch of my other friends as well. We basically, and then we basically, like, it was, it was weird as well because it was kind of a celebration because it was Josh's last day in London. He was heading, or last day in that studio, actually, where we had made the majority of the album. He was heading, he was heading out to LA. It was just, I remember it just being the most fun. We were just kind of completing certain songs. And I just remember it being the most fun experience making that bridge. And yeah, by the end of 2019, we had had made it. And I think at that point, then I was like, I then actually did have that feeling of being being sort of in that place of this feels like what I sonically want the rest of this project to feel like without me making every song sound like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, like Um, having a sonic palette in a way, like kind of like the same paints and colors in that exactly it was it was very much a okay i've made something here that i'm really happy with and ideally this is how i want people to like hear me because i I feel like for the most part i'd never actually i i was i was always into music like that and i i'd create i've created tons of songs like that but i'd never actually put anything out like that and i think mostly with the label it's because of like this idea of oh, it kind of ages you. It makes you feel like a throwback artist and this and that. I was like, oh, who cares, man? It's a good song, isn't it? Like, yeah. So, Yeah, well, I'm going to talk to you more about some label stuff later on. But before I do, I want to ask about some more songs. And like next with my favorite song off the album, which is um, strangely yeah. like one of the earliest songs you released, which is uh, Still Broke uh, with Keon Harold. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you've talked about this in other interviews, but this song came off the heels of, you know, the whole label stuff like being dropped and going through a breakup, which I think most people would ex- like 
like when I read about that, yeah, I think most people would say either of those experiences could be quite traumatic. It's wild to go through both of them, but like, yeah. What, tell me, what do you feel crafting the song taught you about yourself in hindsight when you consider the fact that you wrote it, recorded it, released it, and now there's some distance between you and the song? Like, how do you feel about it now? It really taught me that I firstly shouldn't allow my situation to sort of take me out that makes sense it shouldn't allow it should I shouldn't allow it shouldn't allow me to like stop but then it also taught me that I create in hindsight so once I've gone through the experience and once I've gone through you know the thought process and the, you know the trauma or whatever it is then I then I know what to then then I kind of have what I need to say um, and I think patience as well, because I think one of the things that I was struggling with once it happened was once all of that happened, I felt like I needed to like have something and I felt like I needed to deliver, which was dumb because by that point I'd left the label. So I didn't have anyone to deliver to. It was just kind of like, do do what you want at this point in it, like take a breath. And so it, it taught me sort of patience and, and this idea to, to, Go through what you need to go through um, in regards to your emotions and your feelings. And then when you're ready, it will come. Do you know what I mean? But also, yeah, just it was kind of like, just don't give up. Not giving up doesn't mean you don't need to. I need to constantly still be creating. I didn't need to keep making music in order for me to not give up. It just meant like, take a breath, just take a break from that particular thing. Go do some other stuff. And when you're ready, come back to it. And, and that's pretty much what happened and I mean now that I'm you know now that it's out and and all of that it's weird I haven't it's it's weird I haven't thought too much about that situation since I guess I'd created the music and I think yeah I think I'm just like in a in a good place with it I'm glad that I kind of I'm glad we made it I'm glad it was created and and it's I don't know I think it's kind of like like I said once you've come to terms with how you feel in regards to those things, you put all of those feelings and emotions within to like into the song or the the art or whatever it is. Then you release it out, and it's like, okay, cool. I'm 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 past that part now. Like yeah. you know, so yeah, I feel like, like. But that's definitely one of my favorite songs as well. So I'm I'm, I'm pleased to hear you say that. No, of course, and I feel like what you said there echoes what we said at the top about being a free man, and not even in like the the tangible sense of that situation but kind of like the mental because what you were describing yeah. really spoke to me when you were saying that about like trying to wrestle with the idea of like having to conform to an idea even being beyond it I think it comes from like how you we could be in situations in life and these expectations are bestowed on us and then we carry them and we don't even remember where we got them from so I think that yeah. kind of speaks to what the song is about as well and for sure for sure um yeah it's uh, yeah it was it was i think as well when you're in that world and you're in that moment there's just it doesn't make sense to even try and and like create or you know it's almost like it's almost like when say you you lose a loved one it doesn't make sense to not mourn that loved one that you've lost. Do you know what I mean? Like oh. something, something bad has happened. And, and so you have to accept and embrace that that thing has happened and, and deal with those sort of emotions and live with them for a bit. And I think it was, you know, 
there was a similar thing. It was just kind of like, okay, I've gone through something that is essentially quite traumatic for me. And the, the worst thing I could do right now is try and act like it doesn't exist and, and try and act like it didn't happen. Yeah, it just helped to, to leave what I was doing with, with the music for a second and, and just embrace that. Yeah, yeah, we're recording this at the top of March. Uh, before I go into other songs, I was just going to bring up, like, I don't know if you saw, but there's this musician, Donna Missile, and um, she okay. posted about, like, how she got dropped. But, like, it was, like, from the context of being dropped and, you know, feeling a way about it naturally, but also yeah. so how so many labels... And I, this goes even beyond music. This is why I love bringing up stuff like this, because I think this could extend mm. to people who work at offices even or have to be productive and show that it's like she was saying it was very frustrating to put so much time into her craft and be in a situation where the people above her wanted her to make like you know the table of short form things things that could go viral on tiktok like that's the way the world is now and just having to butt against that in real time like yeah yeah man and and it's 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 weird because i think we're in a fortunate position as creatives where we actually do have the time to be able to kind of like there is no real pressure for us especially once you've like left the label there is no real pressure for you to like I don't know do do any of those things you can take time to 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 be able to figure out what you need to figure out you can take time to do whatever you need to do and I think it's sometimes we need to be um more aware of that and you know, some people it works for them to actually um keep going. Yeah. Um, but I think there's always gonna be some type of moment where you need to in, like address the situation and you need to like sit with it. And so I wanted to like ask about some more music, uh kicking off of with chick yeah, with chicken wings. And to me, that's a track that reminds me of when we first met uh summer of 2019. I remember chatting with you about oh. how some I, this was like a big sticking point in me, but like, a lot of your songs reminded me of like those barbecues at half of my family, like as a kid. And um, I think this is one that really hits home in that regard. So do you have like a fond memory of when you were creating this one? Cause I imagine it was kind of all smiles in that, right? Definitely, yeah. Um, honestly, like working on a lot of the songs that we did towards the end of the process, like we, we wrote a lot of songs in 2020 at the beginning of, at the beginning of 2020, obviously before the pandemic and everything. And we, 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 we went out to a, we got a house in LA and we just were making music from there. And I just remember it being, there wasn't a single day where it didn't feel like we were being productive. There wasn't a single day where making the music didn't feel fun. Even if it was songs that we didn't complete or we didn't use for the album, there's still stuff that we like look back at and it's like, oh, there's just really nice memories with those. That one was great. And I remember I'd got to LA and, um, I immediately was sort of like, I need to write a song. As soon as we started like the, the uh, working process of, of making the music, I was like, I need to write a song um, called Chicken Wings about chicken wings. And <laughs> a lot of that honestly was just because I felt how the project felt. I knew that it was more strategic. I, was, I think Chicken Wings was a very strategic song in the sense of I knew that people were very used to hearing a particular version of me. So they were used to like the fun, happy, uplifting, joyful sort of feeling for me. And so I didn't want to give them an entire project that just didn't have any moments 
like that on it. I remember, obviously, me being me, I was just like, I want to write a song called Chicken Wings because it just would have been funny. But I also, in my head, was like, huh, no, this would actually very much work in regards to what people know about what I do already and not make them feel like I've completely, like, shifted into a whole new place and, and not, like, remembered any of the stuff that I've done before. So it was that. But I just remember, yeah, it was really fun. We, we, we were, like, we would literally work on the music, go out into the back, chill, talk, play basketball for like, we'd play basketball for like two hours oh, and then we'd write for like 20 minutes and then we'd go back out and play basketball for like another two hours and then come back in and then we'd like finish the song. And so I just remember that being the experience and, and like just, or I don't know, I'm because I'm me, I would just have cartoons on. And I would just sit there and, and just have cartoons playing. So everything about the vibe, I remember just like the weather was incredible. So I just remember feeling super warm and just super happy doing that entire, during that entire process. And, and even when we like, but it's funny, I remember, I remember we were working on it and my boys were in the other room and they, they were like hearing the song and they were like, is he serious? Is he like seriously? And, 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 and like written a song called Chicken Wings. I was like, hell yeah. Like I, I don't, there's no, yeah, I could, I wasn't trying to be serious about anything and I wasn't yeah. trying to like, you know, I felt like people need that moment. So um, it was great. Everything about it was just so much fun. I feel like this is an important part to mention for like the person who's listening on their Monday morning commute or something, that there's a lot yeah. more to being a musician than playing basketball recording songs. There's like a lot of life admin. <laughs> In case they're listening and they're going to quit their job, they're like, I'm going to Oh yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> it was like, we were... Yeah, sorry. There was like this was like weeks of us working. This, I mean, not yeah. even weeks. This was this is years of us working. So I felt like we, you know, working you from home. It. Yeah, we definitely earned a couple of basketball. Uh, yeah, you games, did. You but, did. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just a quick, quick PSA for everyone. Just a quick there. PSA. So, Don't quit yeah. your job. Don't quit your yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that fun. It's yeah. not that fun. Um. Yeah. You know, Sam, when people will read into this album, they'll immediately notice that so much has been said about the musical element. And we've even talked a lot about that. And that makes, you know, a yeah. lot of sense. But I'm curious, with the lyrics, you are exploring a lot of different emotions. We kind of touched upon, like, the element of still broke and grow in that regard. But I wonder, what do you feel the lyrical aspect of this work revealed about you? Like, whether to yourself or to other people? Like, what do you think it says? Um, I have a lot of messy thoughts. Um, I feel like the way I think about, like, for example, I wasn't, there wasn't meant to really be like this theme of, of, of thoughts that went through this album. And I don't think I'll ever make a project like that. I don't, I don't care to, I think that's kind of, kind of boring. Um, yeah. So I wanted to be able to talk about things I'd thought about, things that I'd had conversations with people about, things that challenged me, things that hurt me, things that, you know, I just wanted to be able to like share my thoughts in a way that I've never done before, which is through music. I don't really like, I feel like I've always been kind of, um, I've always kind of held back a little bit. Less, less so than when I was younger. I used to like really just with, with the stuff I was writing when I was younger. I used to just very much be like, "These are my thoughts," and eh, yeah. eh, eh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
and I think I kind of got back to that place, but you know, I'm more experienced as a human. Um, I'm more experienced as a writer. Um, and and yeah, just as a creative in general. So I think it was it was fun to be able to explore different places. I think it just I think it revealed more about how like I think about things, the way my brain works and stuff, you know, thoughts and prayers to me. I still don't even think I fully say in detail what I what I would like to say in thoughts and prayers. Um, you know. Yeah, which ultimately I think it's what a lot of us as like music lovers or just people want. Like um it's almost like a guiding light for our own thoughts in a way when we're able to Yeah, because people want to relate. I think people want to be able to relate to certain things. And and those are my, those are like a lot of my favorite albums. And honestly, I don't hear a lot of R&B or soul singers or, or you know, just, yeah, I, 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 I don't hear a lot of them singing about things other than love anymore. Like, I feel yeah. like everyone's kind of, and I could be wrong because I don't listen to all the music that's made, but for the most part, like the most popular artists that I guess I listen to or that I've heard, aren't just talking about life stuff. They're not talking about things that, you know, they're not addressing the real life issues and they're not, you know, there was a time when we, when like soul singers were at the forefront of that type of thing. And so it would just be nice to to see that again and to hear that again and to have those types of things be addressed and brought up in within music. It doesn't need to just be like rappers doing it, you know, anyone can do it. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Please talk to me about working with one of my favorite people on earth, uh, Tobin Uwigwe, because he's, I mean, I don't even know, there's so many things I can say about this guy. I love him. I love his family. I love everything about him. What you guys achieved on Take Time is just fucking awesome, man. Oh, appreciate it, man. Uh, Toby is obviously the greatest. Um, Everything he's been doing, like his family is just beautiful and they're just, uh, he's he's great. Um, Yeah, him and I, we, Unfortunately, we never got to like physically work together because when we when we asked for him to be on this, it was during the pandemic. Yeah. Um he delivered immediately. Um it was it was such a simple, easy process. I remember as well, like when I found out about Toby, I didn't realize he already knew who I was. So I, oh, wow. I freaked out when I found out that he knew who I was because I saw his tiny desk and I was like, this is one of the best tiny desks I've ever seen. Me too. Um, I saw it right it at was, the top of the pandemic and then I went on a was, rabbit hole of everything. Like So so literally same. And then basically I was like, oh, let me go check this guy's Instagram. I check it and he's following me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like this this guy knows who I am. Like that's mad. So I had like a bit of a fangirl moment. I freak out, message him. And then we just kind of like slowly built like a bit of like an online relationship, I guess. And and um, just got to know each other a bit more and, and would speak back and forth every once in a while and stuff. And and then I saw sort of like, just I was listening more to the music and I remember just, I'd gone through like a list of people that I thought would be cool to put on a song because I knew we had that gap. And I was like, this guy's one of the most versatile rappers I've seen. I feel like he can jump on anything. And Take Time was just, Take Time was just, basically the song that was like all right cool i think i think this is this is the one and it was again it was just like an easy um it was like just such an easy process 
yeah, it's great, man. And, you know, him and I had chats on like faith and stuff like that and, and all of that. And just even talking about the the song itself and him understanding it and, and stuff. And it was very, it was very instant and, and easy. So he's yeah. great. Yeah. And yeah, I should say his bit fits in the song. So what I'm about to say might sound weird, but keep in mind, yeah. it, it does fit in the song. But how wild yeah. was it for you to hear that back? And it's like in the context of what he does, his feature very much speaks to his own art in a way. So it, like it works in the context of your song, but like it's very 100 percent him. Like he doesn't really he molded himself to fit into the song to degree, but it's almost kind of like he takes you into his world for a sec. Like. 100%. It was very, uh, honestly, that section is actually him. Like, in the sense of, I remember we had had it produced and originally there's drums all over it. So he goes, so he messages me, he's like, take the drums out. I'm like, sick. So we take the drums out. And then he was like, oh, I need, um, he just needed like a, a hi-hat or just something to keep the, the rhythm going so he could find his flow on it. And so we, we put that in there. Um, annoyingly we took it out and then he still wanted it and we couldn't actually change it because the album was kind of done and everything was out and mastered at this point but, um, <laughs> so so I don't know if he's pissed at me for that but that definitely did happen but um I but I remember him very much just being like strip it down to its bare bones and allow me to to and I mean honestly I'm really happy that there is nothing there because like you said it is just his moment and it becomes this moment where like you said it does go you are taken out of the take time world for a second yeah. from my perspective and you're taken into his and it allows you to hear the lyrics allows you to just it allows you to visually see what he's saying as well I think when I first heard it I was just like wow um yeah it went deeper for me and it was like wow you like extended on what I've said but you also added just yeah. so much more to it and honestly that's what I actually like with features it's probably why I don't really do too many because I don't want I don't want to do a feature because and I mean I feature basically all the time I'm always working with different artists and there's so many different musicians and artists that are actually that have contributed to the album but in regards to like the sort of public feature I really care about people adding to it if you're featuring on the thing so i can get some numbers anyone that knows me knows that that pisses me off and i have a very hard time with like saying yes to that yeah. um so it was great to be able to like hear him make create an extension for the song as opposed to it just being like oh i'm totally new and i'm and i'm on this <laughs> this album and you know go listen to it because yeah, do you know what I mean? And, yeah, and yeah. without sounding like a douchebag, I very much had enough confidence in the song to know that it was a good enough song, regardless of the feature. And you know, I have a couple more questions. And you know, one of the big reasons I wanted to bring them up is because I feel like for me, there's a massive form of significance with even working with Toby because he's an artist that's also fiercely independent and in a way that's very all-encompassing, like we touched on and. You know, we yeah. like we chatted a bit. It is. It's so inspiring. Like I got, yeah. I mean, hand on heart, like when I found his stuff and I was taking it in, as much as I was enjoying it, there was a part of me that wished I could have had an artist like him when I was a teenager just to have seen that. Like 
100%. And to know that it's possible, do you know what I mean? Like when you look at just how hard he works, first of all, uh, um, and then you see just how far he's come He's put God at the center of it. He put his family. He he doesn't compromise with his family. He doesn't com- he doesn't compromise with anything yeah. um, that he doesn't want to. And it's just it's very inspiring. It's amazing to see. And and yeah, I'm, I'll forever be a fan. He's incredible. Yeah. So in relation to you, yeah, if you're working with him, and we chatted, this kind of harkens back to the start about being a free man. All the label stuff we're talking about, kind of rebounding into that because you've made this album as an independent artist, which takes a lot to do, and. When yeah. I listened to the album, I very much felt like I was hearing exactly what you wanted to make. So was there a moment for you where you realized that that was the case, that you were indeed making exactly what you wanted to make? Like, Hell yeah. There was, there was like this moment, I think, where there were a couple moments where I, where I would stop and I'd be like, we are, we've gone through a, f- I'll put it this way. I, I did four years with a label uh, in my career of a major label I started off I literally started off being signed to a major label and I feel like I'm I'm so grateful for them because they basically helped develop me and helped teach me things that I wouldn't have known otherwise I basically got it was like a I just I kind of went to school essentially yeah. learned tons and then you know I I had a four album deal so I was I was meant to make four albums well I, it was it started off with Essentially, I was meant to make four albums with them, long story yeah. short. So to end up in a position where I didn't make an album with you, and the first album that I did make was independent, did it under my own, um, did it under my own label, basically, and been able, and funded most of the stuff that's, that people have seen myself, to be in that type of position, I was kind of like really... I was just thankful and I was grateful to God because it was one of those ones where it's like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Like it doesn't actually make sense that I went through all of that. I won't get into like the financial side of it because when you think about all the money that goes into all of that sort of stuff and the amount of money you're supposed to owe um, and, and all of that, it was like, yeah, again, I can only be thankful um, and grateful to God for it because. Yeah. pretty nuts it's pretty nuts um and so yeah blown away by that and then you know just being able to still do all of that with friends people i love being able to you know it's weird to be asked oh what do you want to do now with this part of the album and i'm like, huh? like that's entirely up to me like it's weird yeah. um to to have that much creative control and, and autonomy or whatever and it, it was, it's just, yeah, again, I'm just grateful to God. I can't, I can't, I can't, um, that's nothing that I've, you, I can't, I couldn't have predicted that was going to happen. I couldn't have created that situation. And so for me, it just felt like it was a part of God's plan for that to happen the way that it did. And so again, I'm just grateful. Yeah. Well, before we close out, tell me this, when you hear the word independence, what feelings kind of come to mind or what feelings kind of fill you up? Huh. For me personally, I'd say lessons. I've learned a lot being independent. Not giving up is a, is a big part of it for me as well because I think it can get hard and it can, you can question what you're doing and why you're doing it and if it's going anywhere and if you're going to 
I don't know. Like there's 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 so many things that you can so many questions you can ask yourself that can lead you towards this idea of like, okay, I need to stop. I think patience again as well, going back to what we had said before, I think patience is is a big one. And I don't know. But let's leave, let's leave it with those. Let's leave it with those three. Uh, well, I was just gonna say it kind of harkens to like uh the way this started, your dad saying be your best. It kind of is like a byproduct yeah. of that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, very true. Very true. And, and I think it's, it's, I'm seeing so many um, artists now that are running their things independently and they're doing incredibly well. And that's, even that is exciting to me to see that now it's kind of becoming a norm. Yeah. It's, it's not a, um, we're not dependent. But yeah, we're not dependent on on, uh, <laughs> on 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 you know on all these other big labels and stuff, and it, and you know it it allows the artist to truly be the artist. Do you know what I mean? Um, and and that's not to that's also not to say that I don't think the idea and the concept of a label shouldn't exist. I think there's still a lot that they contribute to the industry, and there's a lot that they actually contribute to artists. But do you think it's 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 a great time for like people that are independent, and um, I'm really happy to be able to say I'm one of them, and I'm I'm in that position at the moment. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, if you keep making work like this, I'd love to hear it. So yeah, Sam, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for checking this out. Be sure to subscribe to The New Exchange via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you stream podcasts. Until next time, thank you for listening.